All right, here we are. Another episode of Instigating Women and Friends with my friend Liz. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Um, well, I'm a little bit better than I've been um, this past week when we've been texting, which by the way, you have helped me so much throughout <laughs> the uncertainty of the counting. Um, but now that we're past the counting phase and into the um, litigation phase of the election, I'm I'm optimistic, um, but still vigilant about what shenanigans are going to be pulled and are being pulled behind the scenes right now. Oh gosh, Gary, come here. Gary's wanting to be part of the podcast today, apparently. Okay. Gary, come be with me. Um, when you say vigilant, vigilant in what way? Like just not, um, not taking it for granted that there's not a hard fight ahead to actually take office. That's, that's what I mean. Um, because there's so many things going on behind the scenes right now that are really um, questionable. Like, you know, he's re replaced five, he's fired like five top security officials in the last week. And why would you be doing that? You know, and um, Pompeo was um, quoted as saying, uh, when asked about a smooth transition, he said there will be a smooth transition to a second Trump presidency. And so, you know, I just, that's what I mean by being vigilant. Like we just, we can't take our eyes off of where we're trying to get to on January 21st. So, um, yeah. And, you know, you and I just had a conversation with our our peers uh, about how do we heal? Like, how do we go forward with our family members that um, voted for Trump? And I think that's like, it's, it's a real recognition that needs to happen for all of us that 70 million people voted for him. And we have to acknowledge that that somehow we have to bridge our divide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that Coming into the middle with the things that we all agree on is critical to help our country heal. Um, it's critical to help friends and families heal. I mm -hmm. have never experienced anything like this where people I love um, just are staunchly opposite viewpoints on very specific things. And um, the ability to have a rational, calm conversation just seems to be gone right now, which is so sad. We have Thanksgiving upcoming um, and plan to travel and be with friends and family. And yet I am you know, very well aware of who believes in what position. And I very much try not to be political. Um, mm -hmm. I, I try to respect people's opinion. I, I tend to um, vote for people that I do believe will be good in office regardless of political persuasion. Um, and yet, holy moly, the, the fear and the hate that is spewing out right now, even when trying to 
walk that middle ground as much as possible is it's it's hurtful it's scary it truly is so how how do we all um change our mindset to focus on everyone as human beings focus on what we agree on um, as a country and recognize the enemy is not internal um, I'm really not sure what the enemy is. <laughs> and, and yet everyone seems to be focused on this internal enemy or the sides being drawn. And um, I guess I worry that it makes us weak um, uh, across the world, across the globe when we're infighting. That's true. I would love uh, to just start to reconcile and heal. And I am trying to get that a lot of thought. You know, how do we focus on love and compassion and listening? Yeah, I, um, I've been in my unusual life that, um, often sounds to people like fiction. Um, I co-parent very closely, you know, with my ex-husband and, and his wife, and she's a psychologist and she's, um, she's from Brazil and so she can't practice uh her usual practice here in the u.s yet but she does this uh a version of therapy and she's been doing it on me and on amelia and um amelia has adhd as you know and so um we've been trying to avoid doing the stimulants and so we've been both getting therapy with her and she has talked to me about this framework that I've been trying to utilize with my family and friends and anyone that just we, whether the conflict is in my heart or whether it's actually out in the open between us, but it's, it's this um, framework of, I'm sorry, forgive me, thank you, I love you. Mm-hmm. And it's an exercise that you can just do yourself uh in your journal and that's what she suggested that I do and oh my gosh it's been helping me so much even if I feel like I have a situation right now with where I don't feel like I'm the one that needs to apologize and so how but how do I create empathy for the person on the other end of this conflict even if I'm not going to be standing up and saying, I'm sorry, I can, that framework helps you find that common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for doing the hard things that you've been having to do. Um, I love you. I see you, right? I think that's the other piece of it that is like, when we're arguing our own points, mm-hmm with our own set of facts, right? Like we talked about that with our team, that everyone seems to have a completely set, a different set of facts from one another that they are referencing. And when we're simply arguing our own facts or disputing somebody else's facts, we're not seeing each other. Right. And so, I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, embracing new ways of doing self-care in this therapy I've been doing with Tatiana. And I'm trying to 
force myself to see where other people are coming from and what both what they're worried about, but also what they haven't experienced that I have either experienced myself, I have my own lived experience, or I have been touched by someone else who's had that experience that causes us to have the political beliefs that we have. Right, right. And if we're so staunch in our beliefs, then we are no better than that other person who is so staunch about the other belief. We're, we're just the same. So if we can get through that and hold them in love um, and respect, and as you said, listen, see them, um, I, I think that'll just go a really long way. Um, we have to get back there. Um, we're all good human beings um, and deserve understanding, love, and compassion. And we deserve that ourselves as well. Um, I, I think that mantra that you mentioned comes out of Hawaii. It's some Hawaiian tradition. And I've, I've been reading about that as well. And, um, you know, we, we do need to apologize for reacting um, and always taking a stand and, and not being curious and really trying to listen to understand. Um, it's not listening, it shouldn't be about listening to have an immediate reaction. It should be about listening to understand. Um, and then you can make a choice whether you want to believe or not or ask more questions. Um, but we're all in this mode of reacting, reacting, reacting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that is like the, instead of reacting, right? The saying, tell me more about that. Help me understand your, your perspective. And then when, when we get to the point where we can't, there, there's no more road to discuss, right? We just have reached that place where it's like, yeah, no, I, we, we disagree. I have started trying to say, I hear you. Mm -hmm. And I just see, I just see it differently mm -hmm. and that's okay. Right? Like we can be looking at different horizons and I heard Brene Brown talking about this in a podcast um, yesterday um, on, on leadership. And she was talking about how we, a big source of our conflict with one another is that we're standing on the same cliff edge and we're all motivated to get, to go forward and to even go forward together, to arrive at a different place. The, the problem that we don't recognize is that our the, the horizon that we're each looking at is often very different. Hmm. And she went really thoroughly through this um, example of one person's looking out at a boat on the ocean and the other person's looking down on their sh at their shoes and the other person's looking at a tree to the left. But that we, in order to actually go forward together, we have to be curious about what one another's horizons um, look like and, and avoid, now this is me talking, but avoid demonizing the other person's horizon because it's that we don't agree that it's as important as the horizon we're trying to get to. Um, I brought this card from my office that I think I wrote this like six months ago when I was just starting coaching myself, you know, where you have to um, really unpack your stories that you're telling yourself. And one of my stories that 
I, I know I've been locked in for a long time is that I'm either all good or I'm all bad. Uh, and, and I'm either right or I'm terribly wrong. Uh, and that leads to, you know, beating myself up or beating up somebody else with that narrative. And so what I wrote, and it, this seems so relevant right now to me, it feels like there are often two choices, beat myself up or beat the other person. What if there is a third choice where we realize we're holding sticks, we put them down and back away and nobody gets beat? Mm. Yeah. And what if you use those arms and hug? <laughs> Virtual hug. Unless Virtual it's hug. Yeah. In my pandemic pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As I really continue to research, uh, some some um, some of the things I read or, or or listen to boil down emotions into just two roots: love or fear. And I think when I hear people talk, and if I really listen, it's a lot of fear on on all sides. Mm-hmm. Pure fear. Um, whether it's the election or the pandemic or the economic crisis or the teaching the kids at school, everything is based in fear right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I think in order to just minimize that fear as much as possible, you have to focus on the opposite, the love. Um, so an exercise, um, that I do with my clients tries to get to a little of that. If, you're, about game, it. if you're game, Liz, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it with you. It's just really simple. Yeah. Um, another way to express love is to describe what you have faith in, because if you're filled with faith, you can't be full of fear. And yet sometimes I don't use the term faith because that connotates religion and it doesn't need to be religious in any way. So sometimes I, I ask, what do you believe in? What do you truly believe in? So off the top of your head, what do you believe in Liz? Um, I believe in a lot of things. One thing right now is that I believe that you're actually there on the screen, even though I took my glasses off because of the glare. <laughs> it's really fuzzy. <laughs> but um, the thing that's uh, sprung to my mind is I believe in my kids. Like I believe in their, and they're really, uh, I have a funny story for you in a few minutes, but they're really asking for me to believe in them too. Like they're saying, mom, we got this. You can stop hovering. Yeah. And I believe in their intellects. I believe in their curiosity. And I think that that they're not so jaded. They're not jaded at all. And so I believe in that. Um, what else do I believe in? Um, I believe in myself more than I ever have. Um, because you know, anyone that knows me well knows that 
I've done a lot of failing forward in my life and my career. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes in jobs. I've, I've divorced. Um, and yet I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm reached, I'm reaching a place of being wizened. And, <laughs> wizened. And, and, and I don't, I don't show up anymore feeling like I have to have all the answers or that I have to be somebody that I'm not. And so I, I believe in my, in myself, all like my, warts and all. Okay. Because you've got these lived experiences and you have either survived or thrived in them. Yeah. And you've got that now. Good. And the third thing I believe in is my community. Um, I, when we heard about the election, I was driving to my Saturday, um, call it the army for good. And it's a collection of men and women, um, in our school district that have been getting together on Saturday since March. And we pack boxes of food and then we put them in driver's cars and they, the drivers deliver them to people who don't have enough food. And over, I, most of these people were strangers to me and when I met them in March, and now I consider them good friends. And they rain or shine, they show up. And we, we danced, <laughs> we danced and um, laughed and cried. And it was just really beautiful. And, and I don't know what any of these people really, I mean, some of them, obviously, it was obvious because they were laughing and crying like I was, but it, like the vast majority of the people coming to get the boxes of food, I don't know what their political persuasion is, but I know I see them every Saturday. Yeah. So I believe in my community. Awesome. So the lesson is that these things you believe in, you love. And when things get harried, when they, when you're on the roller coaster on the downside, or you're at that bottom of the hill, which we all will be, these are the things to focus on. So you can take a photo of this. You can put it as your screen saver. You can put it as your phone saver to reflect on. The other component to the lesson is that what you love in other things, your kids, your community, you also love about yourself. So those are the vibes that are coming back to you about these things that you love outside yourself. So you have the intellect, the camaraderie, the coming together, the resilience, the just showing up, God damn it, uh, regardless of political persuasion. Um, that's in you as well. What you admire and love about others is in you. And you might need to draw it out a little more than normal sometimes, but it's there. And that's surprising to some people. I will tell you, you're the first person I've done this exercise with that's put themselves on the list. And when I noticed that at the end of the exercise that they didn't put themselves down, it's shocking. And so there's just so much self-confidence to do right now for, for everyone and buoying up um, to do. There's a lot of people needing to understand themselves, um, doing a few of the free quizzes online every now and then, whether mm -hmm. it's personality assessment, um, there are mental resilience 
surveys that are free. Um, there is just all kinds of really cool stuff online right now to survey yourself and understand yourself a little bit more. Um, because I think a lot of this downtime and being at home time um, causes people to recognize that they just don't even know what they want. Yeah. Yeah. They don't well, know what their passions are anymore. They're what they love or don't. Right. I was talking with a um, teammate uh, in Hudson the other day who has really little kids and um, he was saying that, you know, he doesn't have time to reflect on anything, what his, his relationship, his, what he, his dreams, he's either working or he's, you know, interacting with his kids. And um, so to your point, you know, I think for a lot of the people that I'm, uh, I'm working with right now, or just trying to work with, I've had two people who've said they wanted coaching and then um, something came up with their kids and they had to direct their resources to that or their time. And it's just really difficult um, for everybody right now, both financially and just being locked, locked down together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, that the reason I put myself on there is a direct result of eight months of work, right. you know, work, work with my coach, work with my clients and, and working with you. And so, yeah, it's a work in progress for sure. Um, it definitely is a journey and it's growth. Um, which takes work and it does take time. I will say it doesn't necessarily have to take economic resources to do something simple like this. And some quick ideas are, um, you can reflect on these things in the shower. You can draw these words in the, you know, on your shower glass, what, you know, while in the steam, just remember them. You can put them on your mirror in your bathroom. Everyone uses the restroom and everyone showers at least once a week. So those are little tidbits of time that we all have to reflect on the good and the positive. I like that idea of just having it be so informal and you can do that with both the, with the framework that um, Tatiana shared with me and, and um, the, what do I believe in? Um, can I tell you my funny story yeah. of this? Yeah. <laughs> Two days ago, we finally went to the dentist for the first time since February. <laughs> uh, four, four of the five um, in my household. So four of us went. Three of the four of us had cavities. <laughs> the one person that did not have a cavity is the w- person who is the crappiest <laughs> toothbrusher in the household, with the exception of the animals. <laughs> she, she was really proud of herself too, that she didn't have a um, cavity. But so, yeah. And I just had another one of those low points. Like the last low point I told you about was when I ugly cried to our second grade teacher over technology failing, um, which by the way, when, when I put myself on mute, that's Comcast. Finally, a month later, putting, putting Wi-Fi in. Um, but so we're driving home and the older two were fighting and being so annoying and, and Amelia was um, kind of boasting that she didn't have a cavity and I'm driving along going like, you know, <laughs> S mother effer all like to in my head. And I finally, like, I just started crying and I was like, you guys, stop crying. we can't even brush our teeth. 
<laughs> cry, ugly cry, ugly cry. And then whenever I do that, the kids are like, whoa. Yeah, but <laughs> we've crossed the line. Mom's lost it. <laughs> Maybe we're a little <laughs> quiet now. <laughs> And, but it did lead to a good conversation because I took their phones because they were, oh, they were just complaining, complaining about getting a filling, complaining about fluoride, which really set me off. I was like, that's when I really start lecturing about like, you're privileged to get fluoride. Do you know how many people would kill for fluoride? Like it's dumb. But anyway, I said, okay, God, your phones, we're all going to have a timeout and then we're going to meet and talk. And I want you to come to this conversation. If there are things that I'm doing that you think are me being a lame mom, then you come and bring it. Tell me about it. I will take it into consideration. But after that, I want your commitment that when I wake you up in the morning or when I come and bring you lunch while you're on your Zoom call, that you're not going to look at me like I'm the most annoying, stupid imposition on your life that ever existed. Because I don't think I'm a lame mom. I'm not perfect, but I don't think I'm lame. And when you're like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. It makes me feel like a piece of shit. I didn't say that word. Okay. Not that I never cuss in front of them, but I just, I was like, you know, I do have feelings, believe it or not. So anyway, they came to the conversation committing to talking to me like I'm a person that they don't despise. And they asked me to stop hovering so much with their school stuff. There you go. Yeah, they were like, mom, you don't need to forward us every single email that you get from the school district. We are getting the emails as well. <laughs> you don't need to ask us every day if we've submitted our assignments. We're submitting our assignments. Okay. We have good grades. We'll let you know if we need you. I said, okay, fair enough. We shook on it. Good. Mm-hmm. I got a little talking to too from Isley this week. Tell me. I was driving, talking to her. Um, she hates virtual school, hates, 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 um, and was going through a rant and explaining again why it was stupid and dumb and she's not learning and it, it should be different. And we've had this conversation several times. And, and so I, I just said, Isley, tell me something good about your day. And she did and said the sunset was beautiful, but she didn't get to really see it because she was doing homework because she waited. And so I told me another something good. And she tried and I said, Isley, you're such a positive person. Um, why is it that when we talk, it's all the negative, negative, negative stuff and everything's stupid and dumb. That's just not like you. You're, you're a really fun girl to be around. She's like, mom, you tell me that you want me to talk to you. You tell me you want me to be honest with you and you're the only person, you and dad, that I can actually just lay it out with. Everybody else, I have to be positive. I have to be positive with my teachers. I have to be positive with my friends. I have to lift everybody else up. So this is my time just to be totally honest. So do you want me to talk to you or not? Oh my gosh. Like, duly noted. Gotcha. <laughs> 
so true though because when we when they're so negative i have a negative one i imagine that she's being this negative everywhere instead of just with me so i feel like i have to correct it uh-huh. yeah, that's oh my god always dropping some knowledge yeah So it could be that they're just finally comfortable with us and they're actually communicating with us and they need a relief valve. Yeah. Mm, I'm checked. Tell her she didn't just check you. She checked both of us. Check, check. Check, check. Check, check. <laughs> All right. Good wow. one. Good session, my friend. Yeah, totally. Likewise, thank you. Always great. I heart you. I heart you. Have a good one. You too. Bye.